0: Welcome back, everyone, to Get Real, How to Live a More Authentic Life with Dr. Barry Weinhold. My name is Ashley. Dr. Weinhold, how are you today?
1: Well, I'm much better today. I've gotten some fishing done and uh, (laughs) I can hardly wait to get back, you know.
0: I bet. Um, It's always hard to come back from vacation when, you know, you have such a wonderful time.
1: (laughs) I got the fever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully there's plenty of fly fishing left for you oh yeah
1: i left i left them all behind i'm <laughs> i'm a catch and release fisherman
0: gotcha, gotcha. So
1: I'm, I'm, it's just the uh the sport of it that draws me and there's yeah. nothing more thrilling for me than to throw a fly out there with my fly rod and laying on the surface of the water and find this fish come up out of the deep and grab it and take it down <laughs> that's that's uh that's the thrill of fly fishing for me
0: now is that something you often do with other people? I've never. We don't have fly fishing where I live, so yeah, uh,
1: I have. I have a friend, and I taught her how to fly fish this time. Nice. And she'll never go back to bait fishing again.
0: <laughs> it does seem uh, more eventful, uh, or at least more interactive.
1: Yeah, um, it is. Than bait fishing. It is, and uh, I don't know. It's just something about. Uh, the place i go is so beautiful i don't care mm-hmm. much about how many fish i catch it's yeah just being out in nature mm-hmm. in a beautiful spot and i i when i get out in nature i get very quiet I don't mm-hmm. a lot so
0: that is the best part of fishing i i'm not really a fisher myself but my husband is and i do enjoy at least going on the boat i'll bring a book or something and uh, it's just nice to be on the lake, not with kids anymore. We, we can with kids; they don't have the attention span for yeah. eight hours of fishing. But. Uh, yeah,
1: but maybe at some point they'll. I okay,
0: mm-hmm.
1: want to go with dad go fishing.
0: Yeah, once in a while, if they're doing a short trip out, they'll they'll take our oldest, and yeah. uh, it, it's kind of a fun. Uh, he'll go with uh, his father, so uh, three generations, and they get out there and um, kind of bond. It's it's good for them to have that time.
1: So I yeah I did that with my son, uh, took him fishing very early on. Mm-hmm. He caught on and and far surpassed me. <laughs> he, he's a now a, a a first class fly fisherman. Ties his own flies, makes <laughs> nets.
0: Oh. You know
1: to catch fish. Sure. I mean he's he's really into the sport of it. Yeah. And, uh,
0: That's always old. nice. It's a it's really fun to see how things get passed down like that yeah, um it's well, a he, tradition
1: <laughs> he was the one who taught me to fly fish oh because i had not i was a bait fisherman and uh, when we'd go fishing he'd always catch more fish than i was <laughs> with his flies i said you got to teach me how to do that and he did
0: yeah that's nice <laughs> yeah well i guess a reverse tradition but it's still a tradition just the same yeah um, yeah you know that's great uh so what do you have for us this week
1: Well, I wanna dig deeper into uh, why boys become mass shooters. Mm -hmm. And uh, 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 98% of them are males. So it's like, what is it about the way we raise boys or the way we should raise boys that we don't, that's leading to these young men often, Mm -hmm. although sometimes it's older uh, who I I think they're obviously in in the past last uh, uh, for example the last episode we talked about the latchkey kid and Ryan wrote a song about the shooter from Las Vegas who he envisioned must have been a latchkey kid a real loner in life and he probably was that's one of the characteristics but I want to kind of outline what research has shown or kind of the uh, well I have nine. Early warnings behaviors to pay attention to, and and so there's what research has shown that these mass shooters don't just kind of uh, uh, just randomly uh, uh, decide to shoot people. They prepare, they plan, and they they do research, and in that planning, research, and preparation, they often involve other people, so. People, if they understand what they're actually planning, can possibly stop them. And, and many times they don't. Uh, they have uh, many times they have websites where they have a lot of hate messages on them, and and people read them and say, "Oh, that's isn't that weird," but they don't do anything about it. So uh, what happens is their identity becomes embedded in aggressive behaviors. They have fantasies about acting violent towards other others they they tend to um obsess about getting even and getting revenge so in in many cases they feel like victims of something or someone and they have these fantasies that they're going to get even by taking a gun and shooting a bunch of people so uh, three they have an increased Pathological preoccupation with a an, a person or a cause that's violent. So they in, on their websites they frequently will have uh, uh, references or articles by violent people uh, and, uh, or people who promote violent behavior as a way of of solving problems. And so that's another where place where they could be spotted as a have a website with uh, uh, a lot of stories and, and information about other famous uh, violent people. And they have this kind of psychological desire to become a pseudo commando and they have a what I call warrior mentality. And they start to closely associate that with weapons or other military or law enforcement paraphernalia, or identify with other violent people like in number three. They they start to really uh, show a, 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 a really drastic move towards uh, being very military or militaristic, and um, and uh, often then will have weapons. Uh, they often have weapons. They show on their websites, they, and and many of those they buy legally, um, and that's why we have we have to, to close some of the loopholes against buying weapons of war because what they buy are usually ar-15s or other semi-automatic or automatic weapons so they commit an act of violence that appears unrelated to any targeted violence or pathway behavior earlier in life and one of the things that uh, is typical of some of these uh, shooters is they're violent towards animals they kill cats or they, they, they treat animals with, with uh, a great deal of violence and abuse uh, and of course they see the animal as being less powerful than they are and they exercising their power over the animal. So there's often a history of some kind of violent behavior towards animals earlier on in their life and, uh, and that's an early warning signal and they display an increase in the frequency or variety of any noted activities related to the target they'll start visiting the target like the guy that that shot up the, the store in uh, buffalo he he visited that place many times and scouted it out knew where everything was and and so that's a that's a common kind of uh, planning behavior as i set up on number one they do a lot of research and planning and part of that is often uh frequently visiting the the area that they are the, the place they're going to target and getting as much information about the normal behavior of people in that place uh, they also uh often tell a third party what they intend to do uh and third parties often don't say anything. So there's again where uh, they, they frequently don't, although there may be loners, they still other kind of fellow travelers, they will let them know that they're, what they're about to do and, and warning. I, I, I'm, I was part of heading off an attack from um, a mother called me and said, my son is threatening to shoot up the school. I said well for heaven's sakes get all weapons in that house out of his reach and so there was a pistol she found a pistol in his bedroom and she took it and and gave it to a a friend to keep in a safe away from him so i mean uh, he was actually saying what he was going to do ahead of it and there's evidence of violent action time imperative. There's an urge to become violent, which kind of builds inside of these people. And, and they, uh, they don't know how to control their emotions. They don't know how to regulate their emotions. And so they, they get caught in this downward spiral of negative emotions of anger and rage and, and, uh, and fear. And, and, and then they, uh, that leads them to at some point Want to act that out and then they communicate a direct threat to the target or to law enforcement even before the target i mean sometimes they'll send an email to the police department say i'm going to shoot up the supermarket at uh, first in maine or wherever it is and and so it's it's important to um, uh, notice and some of these threats People laugh off. I never would laugh off a threat like that if I heard it. And I think more and more people are not laughing it off. So, those are nine early warning behaviors of mass shooters that if we were aware of those behaviors, perhaps we could stop them. And in Colorado and in many other states, we have red flag laws where people who uh, are known to be violent. Uh, are uh, are not allowed to buy a gun. As a process, you got to go to uh, through to, to uh, uh, have a judge declare that this person uh, not be allowed to buy any uh, any weapons, guns, knives, or anything. Uh, unfortunately, the red flag laws in Colorado and elsewhere aren't universally enforced i think we need a national red flag law that would do better to really give uh, uh, people a sense of protection a sense of safety and there's also a a bill that passed and is now up for review before the supreme court about people who have a history of domestic violence not being allowed to uh, buy a gun and that sort of comes under the red flag although you don't have to declare that they're mentally ill they just have a history of violence and and I think that would be important too to provide more safety because a lot of women unfortunately get killed by uh, their either their ex-husbands or soon-to-be ex-husbands because they uh, they don't want to put up anymore with the abuse they're getting I had I had to defend a woman who was a client of mine uh she was abused by her boyfriend repeatedly and one day she called me and she said uh i have uh i put all his stuff out in the backyards and and doused it in gasoline and set it in fi- on fire and i have a firearm if he comes home i don't know what i'll do and i'm talking on the phone and she said oh he just walked in what do i do nothing i could do he she did shoot him she didn't kill him she wounded him pretty badly so uh i was a witness at her trial about the abuse that led up to her uh doing this act of violence against uh, her boyfriend she did get prison time but i don't think she got as much because of my testimony and other testimonies about this was the first time this had ever happened and and, and basically she uh, she had some some grounds I wouldn't have advised that as a method of solving conflicts but uh, she was backed up against the wall and didn't know any other way to handle it so that's what I wanted to say about uh, the warning behaviors and then I know that uh, that mass shooters almost every one of them had a pretty pretty horrendous childhood and so they had many experiences as a child that i think have some bearing on why they ended up uh, committing uh, mass murders so i want to talk about that next about what are the kind of common life experiences that uh uh, growing up that boys particularly have that that might be uh, uh, linked to their their propensity to use violence to solve, resolve their conflicts. Uh, And uh, what the first on the list is that most of the, uh, the uh, the mass shooters lack a secure bonding and attachment uh, with their mothers and what they really have become are, are what are called sometimes uh, isolated children or lost children uh they they withdraw from the bonding after a while because they they don't trust that the bonding is ever going to come back in a way that would be helpful to them and so they basically develop an avoidant bonding and attachment style and, and are sometimes called lost children or isolated children or or loners is another term that's often used for mass shooters and that's a, 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 in, in Ryan's store, uh, st- a story and song mm-hmm. about the shooter in Las Vegas, portrayed him as a latchkey kid who turned out to be a loner, and that's probably pretty accurate. Um, their needs were—I see I have some typos on here—their <laughs> needs were neglected. Uh, and it's interesting that uh, neglect has a more lasting effect on people than than does abuse. First of all, it's harder to identify because nothing happened, and so they have to begin to understand what should have happened that didn't happen, and 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 frequently they don't, and so the the long term effects of of neglect are, are much more powerful in the lives of adults that were neglect had their needs neglected as a child, and uh, needs for uh, uh self-esteem needs for uh, uh well even needs to have appropriate limits set frequently these infants as number eight indicates they had also a lot of abuse as a child an infant or a toddler that the way their parents treated them was to try to control them through either physical punishment or shame and, and many of them have at their core they're very shame-based people and and they because that's what they grew up with they were told they were no good and they were shamed for lots of things that they did so the other thing that is pretty much clear in the literature is that uh, many of these mass shooters either didn't have a father or they had uh, uh, a father who wasn't emotionally present and couldn't even relate to him i mean obviously Andres had a father who was uh, was really tuned into him and knew how to build the confidence in Andres until he became able to be an adult and that's the kind of father that most of us wish we had had (laughs) but didn't even though he was still uh, his father was still caught in the traditions of his culture and how you raise kids he did do some things right. And Andrew sees that in his father, that he did uh, uh, provide opportunities for him to have rites of passage into adulthood. And and uh, his father was the one who provided that. Seven, they blame others for their unhappiness. This is very common in almost all the mass shooters, is that they have a, 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 a Probably feeling a lot of internal conflict and internal uh, chaos, perhaps. But they also they also then very often will blame whatever they're feeling uh, and how their life circumstance is evolving as uh, a fault of somebody else. And uh, I mean, some of them never never uh, get through that, and you can't really become emotionally separate from somebody by just blaming it on them. And so many of these people are not emotionally separate from their parents. They're they're still little boys and little girls, mostly little boys who are unhappy and they don't know why. And that leads me to the last one is, most of them don't understand their, their personal psychology. They don't understand why they think the way they do, why they feel the way they do, and why they do act the way they do. And, and that lack of understanding leads to often uh, very drastic measures like taking up an automatic weapon and shooting up some crowd somewhere and and, and it's 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 sad I mean I, I don't know obviously I think we should be teaching more about that in schools about why we do what we do why we feel the way we do and 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 uh, my latest book which i'll be talking about next time a lot is all about that to help people build uh, what i call more psychological intelligence become more intelligent more understanding of their own personal psychology and then how to how to how to be identify it and then how to change it and so in in the book i also recommend that people with this kind of knowledge can be their own therapist you don't need to have therapy from somebody else although it's, i think it helps it helps uh helped me i didn't do this all by myself i did it through with the help of therapists uh and yet there are people who are therapy phobic and maybe this book will help them get over that and they'll see as they begin to understand why they do things and why they feel the way they do that they'll be more open to going to a therapist to get some help on how to change that because that's the biggest problem is how do you once you're aware of it how do you change it and uh, i have in the book a lot of suggestions on how to do that but if if you don't want to do it yourself then you might uh, decide to uh, get a therapist to help you with that process So those are things from the research that uh, have have, uh, been shown to uh, um, be the the life experiences of of mass shooters. And uh, I I do think until we put more of our resources in helping parents do a better job in the first three years of life, we're going to still continue to have more of this. We'll have more people who are potential uh, mass shooters, and okay. enough. When we talk about all of these mass shooters with mental illnesses, if you look at them and am- examine their behaviors, actually, they maybe don't even qualify for a diagnosis. But yet, they have they do have mental problems, but not to the extent where they would get a diagnosis. From but they still are, are dangerous to themselves and other people. So, we can understand why they do what they do and also having some better understanding of the early warning signals of people that are inclined this way will help maybe reduce that a number of, of mass shooters that we have. But until we really do a better job of supporting families and parents uh, we're we're only just putting our thumb in the dike. <laughs> it's uh, it's not a not a final solution at all. And it's but it is at least a step in the right direction. So all the other things like increasing background checks, banning weapons of war, and other things I think would extremely help, and, and maybe <clears throat> uh, placing a, an age on when we when you have to be, how old you have to be before you can buy a gun. Some states are now using 21 as the age for buying a gun.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: It'd be more, that by 21 they'd be more mature. Well, that theoretically might be true. But if, if all these potential mass shooters had these other things happen to them and they've not done anything about it, yeah. it doesn't matter how old they are.
0: Nope. Uh maybe a test of their psyche.
1: <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah well, so thank you that, so much. That's what I have to say about uh, uh, the whole problem of mass shooters, and uh, it's certainly on the increase, not it hasn't slowed down and, uh, uh, in fact, it's gotten so commonplace that they don't even report it on CNN anymore mm-hmm. Uh, five people died in Dallas over the weekend last weekend, and or was it this weekend? I don't know. I read it in the paper this morning. I don't know when it was, but I didn't know about it. Nothing, nothing was ever in the paper about it. Uh, and uh, every day, in on the streets of Chicago, people are killed. We don't hear about that. No. So we're sort of isolated in some way from the whole picture. Hmm. And, and it's a serious problem.
0: I think uh, also, looking coming from a rural area, uh, we see even less of that. And so, um, it's a it's easy to think and believe that it doesn't exist. Um, exactly. Yeah, you because you don't see that. It. You don't see it. It's easy to convince people that it doesn't exist yeah. because of that. Um, so yeah, um, always yeah. good to stay informed. And, um, it, it, I really think it goes back to the parent. It's just, I don't think anybody should take being a parent lightly. It is the most important job you'll ever have in your whole life.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And it really is the countries where they understand that and give support to parents mm-hmm. and the young parents with young children. It pays huge dividends long term, yep. And and fewer tax dollars have to go to treatment of of problems. But if we can use some of that money to prevent the problems, prevent it. Parents the the support they need. mean So many parents now working, mothers are working. They Mm -hmm. get they can afford to stay home maybe six weeks. Maybe maybe. Eight, maybe and some can't even that. No. Nope. Then they have to turn their 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 baby over to somebody else. Yep. And that's not good for either the mother or the baby. No.
0: Nope.
1: But they're stuck, and it's a terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost, it reminds me of Sophie's Choice, the movie. <laughs> and yeah. it's uh a,
0: there's a lot of choices you make as a, at least I know as a mom. Yeah. Um, where it feels like you really don't have a choice. you don't
1: have, you don't have very many options at all.
0: Mm-hmm. No, no, yeah. or you're you're forced to make a choice between the least worst of two things.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. that's too bad. I mean, mm-hmm. no better. We we can do better than this, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm trying to get across to people is that, that uh, don't be satisfied and settle for less. Nope. Keep fighting for more.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: we all have to do that. We have to. And and we have made progress. I mean, mm-hmm. I looked at the history of childhood. I've read a book once on that. And back in the 17, 16, 15, on up to present time, children really were were more abused then mm-hmm. or without any kind of recourse to do anything about it. So we're making progress, but we got a ways to go yet
0: definitely um, and it's I think it's time we look to the positive uh, examples that are already working
1: uh, yeah. stop
0: doing things backwards just because that's the way they've been done yeah so
1: okay well thank I'll, you so much I'll see you next week and we'll dig into more about what the book can do to help people learn more about their psychological uh, their uh, their personal psychology through raising their Thank you.
0: Wonderful. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Dr. Weinhold. All
1: right. Thank you, Ashley. (laughs) Bye-bye. For more information, please visit the Colorado Institute for Conflict Resolution and Creative Leadership at cicrcl.org or click the link in the show notes.